Welcome back to Growth Colony, Australia's B2B growth podcast. I'm Alex Hipwell with XGrowth, your co-host for this podcast, where you'll hear from B2B executives and sales and marketing roles on the newest and most effective strategies and tactics in the B2B space. Now, let's dive right into this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another show. I'm Shahin Oda with XGrowth, and today I'm talking with Kate Toon, founder of CopyCon and Recipe for SEO Success about the future of B2B SEO and what should B2B marketers pay close attention when it comes to SEO in 2020 and beyond. On that note, let's dive in. Kate, thanks for joining us. Hello, it's lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure having you. (laughs) Kate, for those who might not be familiar with you, can you give us a quick intro? Yeah, so I guess I'm an entrepreneur. I don't really like that term because it's associated with people lying on Porsches with lots of money. But I've got three different businesses. You mentioned a couple of them, Clever Copywriting School, where I teach copywriters how to have a successful and enjoyable business. And that enjoyable bit's important. And then the Recipe for SEO Success, which is a collection of courses, resources, a podcast of various bits. And that teaches business owners, e-commerce stores, marketeers how to grapple Google and, you know, get more traffic and more importantly, more conversions. Uh, Yeah. And then my third business is my own membership. So I teach people digital marketing, you know, how to use it to build, you know, more successful businesses. Yeah. And and you've done it yourself with three companies. We were just talking about it before I hit the record button about the number of launches that you had this year about for your different products and courses that you're offering. So it's, so it's amazing. And, you know, we're talking about B2B marketing today and spe- specifically SEO in that space. The first thing that I wanted to ask is, you know, is there anything in particular different for B2B marketing or be in the B2B space when it comes to SEO versus, you know, other verticals, you know, an e-commerce company that has thousands and thousands of pages versus a B2B. Are there any differences or not really? Well, I think, I mean, I think there's scale and scale brings different challenges, especially from an SEO perspective. You know, the way that you handle your SEO for a 10,000 product e-commerce store is a little bit different than a 20 page advertising agency website, you know, but no. And I think that's an important change that's really happened. I've seen it over the last 10 years in terms of the way that you market to B2B customers and the way that you manage your SEO is closer and closer than as with consumers. So that, you know, the language, I'm a copywriter at heart and, you know, this conversational tone, this kind of building relationships with your customers, this having a a personal brand within the company. So at least somebody is a figurehead has become much more in vogue. And that in turn influences how you plan your keyword strategy, the kind of content you write, the kind of articles you're putting out there. It's changed. It's become much more familiar and less formal. And I think we see this most clearly on like a platform like LinkedIn. LinkedIn is really changing and some people aren't happy about it. They're like, keep that stuff on Facebook. And other people are like, no, because we don't just want to know this business by its, you know, brand avatar. We want to know what goes on behind the scenes. That's interesting. That's genuine. That builds trust. And I think that's changing marketing as a whole and SEO. Yeah, and and this is a this is a big topic that you we've again spoken before around building a personal brand for an organization, right? How is that related? Why is that important for SEO and and for a brand in general? Because ultimately, it's always going to be easier to be found for who you are than what you do. 
So if someone out there is looking for a copywriter in Sydney, what do they do? You know, they don't sit on Instagram hoping a meme pops up or, you know, go on Facebook and hope one of their friends casually mentions somebody. They go straight to Google. They type in what they're looking for. You know, if they can't find it, they add more and more terms. But what those terms are going to bring back is a collection of humans, you know, copywriter Sydney into Google and see what you get. You get me at number one. Yay. And I don't even do copywriting anymore. But what you also get is 10 of my top competitors. And that's not ideal because even if you wanted me, you're still going to see me in comparison with all these other people. And maybe you started off wanting me, but now, hey, they look pretty good. And off you go onto their website and I've lost you. Where if someone's typing in Kate Toon, copywriter, it doesn't bring back anybody else. You know, and the goal of, of owning your own brand term is that you actually own the first page of the search engine results page or SERPs. So it's not just you know, typing Kate Tune copywriter, it's not just your website that comes up, it's your LinkedIn profile, your YouTube channel, your photos, your videos, your Twitter, articles you've written for other people, guest blogs, directory listings. So you just own that front page and the customer has no other option. Obviously, that's all about the sales funnel and where they're at. And you have to get them to the point with other marketing methods that they are that you're the first person they think of. And that that's the challenge. And that's why SEO can't just be put in a little box because it's influenced by every other thing that you do in your marketing, you know, and that's the challenge, I think. I really like that you're connecting building a personal brand to SEO, right? I, I feel like that is not necessarily a connection that a lot of people make. A lot of the gurus of, of personal branding, if you want to call them, where you know, in a lot of situations is like, just put yourself out there and make videos and do this. And it's, it's a bit ad hoc, but I really like that you make that connection. And I guess that the next question would be, you know, how would you persuade Google that you are definitely the, the subject matter expert in the field that you are? You know, how do you translate that? And you touched on it a little bit, but how do you translate your personal brand into something that Google also has the stamp of approval? Well, it's funny. They often say that Google's like the most popular girl at school. You have to make everyone else fall in love with you before Google will even take a look at you. So a lot of the work is done off-site. You know, a lot of the work is done, as you said, and it is slightly ad hoc and the ROI is quite hard to see and it can feel a bit abstract, but a lot of the work is done by appearing on podcasts. You know, I'll be on this podcast. Will I immediately see a sale? Will I immediately understand how this podcast influences my brand? No, but it's kind of a snowball effect and it all adds up. So, you know, appearing on podcasts, writing guest blogs, speaking at events, um, getting your name out there so that when someone thinks Kate Toon, they think SEO. If you do that enough, then people start going to the search engines with different queries. So maybe they're typing Kate Toon or Kate Toon SEO, and then Google monitors our behavior. We don't know exactly how much engagement factors influence the algorithm. But if someone searches Kate Toon, they go to my site, they stay on my site, they interact with my site, they comment on my site. That says to Google, this is the right result for that term. And we are going to keep it at number one. That is the right result. And it's kind of like a rising tide lifts all boats. If you're doing well for one term, it has an influence on your other terms and obviously related brand terms. So people could be searching for the STEM word, Kate Toon, but what about Kate Toon SEO, Kate Toon podcast, Kate Toon copywriting? Then you start to see an improvement from ranking for all of those. But over time, Google is almost like, it's almost collecting like a CIA profile on us. It's like an environmental footprint. 
every time it sees your name, you, sh- you know, it's associated with something you're talking about. And it starts to go, okay, well, you know, Shahin's always talking about this, that, and the other. So he must be an expert. He's hip appearing here, here, and here. And it's not just about getting backlinks to your site, which we all know influence SEO, but simply your name constantly being ne- ne- next to what you talk about or your subject matter. Google sees that and it's building up this big profile of you and that influences how it displays your content in the search results. Gotcha. Gotcha. You talked about backlinks over there and that's obviously a, a uh, sensitive topic when it comes to SEO. Has the importance of that changed over time? I mean, we're here talking about what the future of B2B SEO is going to look like, right? Has that changed and its importance changed over the past five years, let's say? And do you think that the importance of getting links pointing to you and your website is going to change as well in the future? Or do you see that as kind of like a constant? Look, it's a hard one. There was a great article the other day by Barry Schwartz, who's a kind of SEO guru, listing all the things that people have said aren't in the algorithm you know, and it's like everything. It's everything. Like backlinks don't matter anymore. Keyword research doesn't matter anymore. You know, nothing matters anymore. And that Google is just, you know, Google keeps on saying, just make a great website. And that's all you need to do. And it's like, it can't be that because how does this site do so well and this site not, you know, and they're they're both good. So look, I do think backlinks are still an influence. I think Google is much more sophisticated at understanding quality over quantity. I think it maybe doesn't put the onus on them that it used to. But even if we take away the SEO-ness of the backlink, obviously, if you link to me and people travel through that link to my site, it's traffic. Traffic in and of itself is not part of the algorithm. Pretty much everyone agrees on that. You can get a thousand visitors to your site or one visitors. It's not going to improve your ranking necessarily. But what that traffic does can influence your ranking. Because if someone comes to my site, they love my content, they share it on socials, great, more people see it. Someone comes to my site, loves it so much, they add a link to it from their website, that does influence SEO. So I think that backlinks are still a factor. I think the way that we, you know, Google says we shouldn't build links, we should earn links just by being awesome. But of course, sometimes we have to tell people that we're awesome sometimes. And I think you probably get emails like this all the time. I probably get 30 a week. I shared a post about this on LinkedIn. Can I be on your podcast? You know, I juggle hamsters for a living and I really think I'd be great on your SEO podcast. It's like, what? But you know, that outreach, that desperation to be seen is still there because it obviously it has an influence, I think. So maybe it's not quite what it was five years ago. And I think you have to be much more sophisticated. And I think it's much more about building relationships than just getting a backlink from a directory or writing a rubbish guest blog. It's, you know, the the attitude that you take is the harder the link is to get, the better quality it is. You spend an hour with someone on their podcast, write a really great pitch, promote that on socials. That's a lot of work, but that link is going to be worth so much more to you than that free one you got off Yellow Pages because anyone can get that, but not everyone can build that relationship with someone and get their audience and do all that stuff. Hey, it's Alex from X-Growth. I just wanted to take a moment to tell you about the Growth Colony Slack channel. Do you ever find yourself stuck with a B2B problem? Need a second opinion on your next campaign? Or looking for some feedback on that piece of MarTech you're thinking to purchase? Well, that's why we created the Growth Colony Slack channel. This Slack channel is like a small dinner party where you get to meet and mingle with B2B professionals, hear what others are doing, and keep up to date with the latest B2B trends and news. 
you'll also get access to a range of exclusive content from our podcasts, webinars, and events. The best thing about it, it's all free. If this sounds interesting, head over to growthcolony.org forward slash slack and sign up. That's growthcolony.org forward slash slack. Right, gotcha. And relationships is a massive, massive component of this, right? This is, I, I know, again, this is something that you truly believe in, where you basically say that SEO is a relationship game. Is that is that correct? Yeah. I mean, I, I've got this whole notion of good karma SEO that you kind of, you give and, you, and then you get back in return, you know? So like, for example, when I'm a podcast guest, I'm a good guest. You know, I help the podcast person with the notes and then I will share the bejesus out of it because I understand the effort that goes into producing just one hour of podcast content. And then, you know, another nice thing I do is when someone is a supplier to me, I will take time out of my day. I have a, an hour a week in my diary where I will literally sit, write testimonials and make videos for people saying how great they are so that they can have that content on their site. And it's a nice thing to do and it gives back. But obviously, what does someone do when you give them a testimonial? Put it on their site with your name and that backlink to you and give you a backlink. I consciously get involved in a lot of charities and donate and give. And we, don't, we don't talk about that, but there's a, a positive benefit to that, you know, and just scratching each other's back. And a big thing for naive, I think, SEO and business owners is when they're trying to kind of do, I guess, influencer marketing, they do it in such a false way, that cheesy outreach email. I know you've never listened to an episode of my podcast. I know, you, you know, I know it, you know it. Whereas if you take time and go, this is someone I enjoy, I'm going to comment on their stuff on LinkedIn, I'm going to share them, I'm going to promote them, even though there's no benefit to me. And you may do that for a long time. And then when you do are ready to reach out for them to kind of get your back scratched back, they know who you are and they remember you. And not necessarily reaching up to the mega famous, you know, not going, I'm going to go after Pat Flynn and get him to have me on your show. He's probably not going to do that. And try to instead reach out to people who are similar to you you know they are your peers and they get as much out of the experience of working with you as you do out of them I think that's my approach you know so building relationships but with peers and building relationships with kindness and good karma and slightly you know pushing down that expectation that it's immediately going to come back or that it's necessarily going to come back from the person you gave it to you know yeah gotcha bit love, a bit woo-woo isn't it i don't sound no, like an i mean <laughs> i think i think you definitely have a point there no you you have well you have a very solid point in terms of you, you have to build those relationships and i guess it works in many ways some time ago years ago i spoke to one of the one, a founder in sydney and i asked him you know what, what what's his favorite book and his favorite book was the little prince and he said Whenever someone asks me what I should do to get better at sales, I tell them to act, to read The Little Prince. And I say, why is that? And I had to go and read it. And he said, there's a, there's a part in there where The Little Prince is trying to become friend with this fox. I think it's a fox or it's a dog. But the way they portray it and they, the way they show that how slowly, slowly he, he moves closer and then he says something and then he feeds the fox something. And then, you know, it, it's a very gradual process where in a lot of transactions in our life, we want it instantly. We want it right away. We want it, you know, can we do this right now? And he talks about how gradually building that equity of the relationship equity is so important. And that's the fundamental in sales. And I guess it's fundamental in relationship building in general. 
because sales at the end of the day is, is, you know, whether you argue, a lot of people, I guess, would argue it's not a relationship thing, but, you know, there is, you, you have to build some sort of relationship in that process and getting on a podcast or getting backlinks, all of that is, is basically selling, right? It is. I mean, it's, uh, in, I've, in I've never, way. I've never quite kind of been able to define clearly in my head, the difference between sales and marketing. You know, I know what the textbook definition is, but marketing is just, you know, slicker sales, really slower sales, being not realizing you're being sold to quite as, as quickly. And marketing is all about relationships, really, you know, trying to understand who your customer is, trying to get their insight so that when they see your content, they go, God, that's, that was, you could have written that for me. It's like, you're in my head. That's what you want people to think, isn't it? And then, you know, having those opportunities, this is why it's, for B2B uh, business owners, SEO is so often something that they farm out to an agency. Um, They don't quite understand what they're paying for. They just get their big bill every month. They don't quite get what the agency is doing. They don't understand if the agency is doing good SEO or bad SEO. And there is a distinction. And also, it's just not as sincere because, as I said, like, and I keep using the podcast as an example because we're on a podcast. But if I get an email from somebody who's actually the business owner, who's actually the person that wants to be on the pod, and they're like, I've listened and I like it, and it's actually them, not some agency that's called podcastoutreach.com. Sorry if that's you. It might be somebody. But do you know what I mean? If it's actually from you or from me, then and, and there's some personality in there, then I'm much more likely to take it seriously. And I just think SEO is something that really should be done in-house as much as you possibly can. And maybe with the support of an SEO agency, but since such a large part of it, once you've optimized your site and you've sped it up and it's mobile friendly and all that is backlinks, authority building, citations, since such a large part of it is that, and that requires relationships, it's weird to have someone else building a relationship on your behalf. I find that weird. It's like someone going on a date for you and go, no, he's a great bloke. He's really great. And you're like sitting over in the corner going, hi, I'm pretty cool. You know, no, I want to have the date with you, not with some random, you know, that was a weird analogy, but I hope it makes sense. No, I love it. <laughs> I love the analogy. <laughs> But that's a good point. Mm. What, what is the, the right split, right? Or what is the right combination? Because you're right. We talked about how SEO is all about building relationships and somebody else, it's very difficult for somebody else to build relationships for you. So what is that right balance? Yes, you mentioned the technical stuff, maybe they can take care of and you can outsource that and you can give that to someone. But after that, what have you seen being a successful combination? Well, I think there's an onus on every business owner to understand what they're briefing out. You know, like I would not hire an accountant without understanding a little bit about my accounts. You know, I wouldn't, I just think so many people put SEO on a box of too hard and then they don't even understand what they're paying for. So I think there's a degree that every business owner has to understand it before they can outsource it with empowerment and intelligence, I guess, and not get ripped off. And then, yeah, I think, look, the tech stuff, it's kind of fairly black and white. Once you've fixed it, it's not like it's something you have to keep fixing. And so the tech stuff, I think, is something that you could outsource source with confidence. I think keyword research can be quite challenging. It's quite time consuming and difficult to kind of go, well, is this one better than this one? And look at all the different factors. So I think that's something that can be outsourced. SEO copywriting even. I think there's a way of matching the desires of the consumer and Google, and that can be quite hard to balance. You know, people think, oh, just shove this keyword in 17 times and they lose the engagement. So maybe that's something you can outsource. But most SEO agencies don't 
you know, focus on that. They focus on the backlink building. And that's when you have this intermediary. And the analogy, I was going to use the date analogy again. It's like when you're young and you're dating and you say to your friend, you go and ask that girl if she likes me. And they go across and you don't know what they're saying about you. I mean, if they're a good friend, you hope they're saying good stuff. But you know, a lot of SEO agencies, they will write guest blogs on your behalf. And I, as a writer, that would, that would kill me inside. You know, they can list you on directories that are a little bit dodgy and like you really wouldn't want to be associated with. So I just don't think, I think you can work with an SEO agency, but there just needs to be such trust and transparency. And if you have that trust and transparency, you can outsource the lot. But if you don't have that trust and transparency or you don't fully understand it, I think it's just about asking questions. And, you know, when they say, oh, we're going to build backlinks for you, saying, where? Where are you building them? I want to see them. I want to have some ownership of that. Because the big issue I have with people coming on my course is maybe they've worked with an SEO agency and then they look at their backlink profile and it's Russian porn sites, it's Chinese directories. You know, it's not good stuff because Google is pretty smart. But at the beginning, when you start getting backlinks, it just goes, yay, backlinks. And then it takes a while to crawl through them and go, hey, these backlinks are really bad. And by that point, maybe your SEO agency is hot-footed out of there or they wash their hands of you and it can be tricky. Now, I'm not saying all SEO agencies are bad. They are absolutely not. But the ones that are good are the ones that don't pretend they have a secret, that don't pretend there's any magic juju and they are transparent about their methodology and processes because there is no secret. There is a process. There are things that work better for some brands than others, but there is no magic relationship with Google and no button you can press to make one website go crazy. You know, it's, it's still a bit murky and sometimes things work and sometimes they don't. Yeah, it is, it is a, bit, a little bit of black magic in that space. And I feel like a lot of, a lot of business owners feel that, that, you know, I, I can't get my head around this. So these guys might, it seems like they know what they're talking about, take my money. And what are some of the ways that you've, you've seen business owners are able to, or whoever it is that is responsible for SEO, is able to kind of take ownership or at least build a bit of knowledge because they're busy people, right? Business owner at a, at a company of even 10 people, their schedule's packed usually. What are some of the ways that you've seen that it, it can be very helpful and they can build that knowledge so that they can pick the good apples from bad apples, decide what they're going to outsource and what they're not going to outsource. What, what would you suggest to them? Well, obviously, that's my, they should do my course. But, you know, so a lot of people will come on my course with no intention of ever DIYing their SEO. They're simply coming on it to be able to understand what the things are, understand the language so they can talk more effectively with their SEO agency. When I started my course, I got quite a lot of backlash because back then there were no courses. Backlash about giving away secrets. But I was like, I am making you much better clients because when you see what's involved with SEO, then that quote for two, three thousand a month doesn't seem like a ripoff. It seems like a bargain when you understand how much work is involved. But, you know, getting across a few simple tools, like understanding how to test your site speed. So there's a great tool called Pingdom Site Speed, for example, which will tell you how fast your site is. You want your site to be loading in about three seconds. So if you can use that tool and your site loads in 10 seconds, and then you brief a developer or an SEO agency to bring the speed down, and they say, we've done it. Well, you don't have to just trust that they have. You can go back to the tool and run the test again. And it's the same with lots of things. There are tools which you can use where you know you find this problem, this problem, this problem, and then you get them fixed and then you run the test again and see if they have fixed them. Same with backlinks. There are tools that will show you your backlink profile. So you can see if there's a Russian porn site in there and you can go, hey, hang on. It's great that you got me 20 links this month, but seven of them look really dodgy. And having that 
ownership, you know, like I'd say the two most important things in business these days are getting your finances sorted, maybe people next, but then the next thing, your website is your biggest business asset. Why would you give your baby to somebody without understanding what they're going to do? So getting across the language, understanding the terminology, which isn't that hard. You know, I've had seniors on my course. I've had people who don't even know what a browser is do my course. Everyone can, can access it, can find it accessible. Maybe not to the level of an extreme expert SEO, but you don't necessarily need that. Most businesses aren't operating at that level of SEO. Most sites just need some simple fixes and then they're working better. But yeah, understanding the language, knowing a few tools and being able to detect the BS, I think, is, is important um, because we know people are great at selling and you go into their office and they've got beanbags and they give you nice coffee and, you know, it looks great. There's charts going up and it's being able to see through that and ask them, well, how are you going to do that? What are your tactics? And if, you know, I think that's important. And understanding that. Mm. No, that's, that's really good. Now, on the wrapping, wrapping up, this, is, this has been really good. I, I've very much enjoyed this. But is there anything that I haven't asked that you think it's going to be valuable for people who are listening around kind of the future of SEO, what B2B and, and things to keep in mind that are, that are coming along? Well, I think, you know, you touched on it earlier and it's a really good point, you know, what, what still matters and what doesn't matter as much anymore. So the basics will always matter. Having a technically sound site that loads quickly, that looks great on a mobile device. We're seeing, you know, the, the amount of mobile searches just increasing exponentially. So, you know, is your site usable on a phone? Can you quickly do what you need it to do? That's always going to be important. I think we're going to see a much bigger increase in voice search. So, you know, people are talking to their devices. You can talk to your Google Home. You can talk to your Kettle. Uh, won't do anything, but it, you can talk to it. You know, and the way that we talk to devices and search is very different to the way that we type. We generally ask questions. We start with what, when, where, how, why. And so your content needs to reflect that. You know, you need to be thinking about the questions your customers are asking. And maybe that seems very top of funnel to you. You know, maybe they're just at the problem stage. They don't even realize you're the solution. You know, so maybe you sell, the example is always blue widgets. They don't even know what a blue widget is. They don't even know that a blue widget can solve their problem. They're still out there going, why is my thing not working? And you go, 10 reasons why your thing isn't working. And then look at the bottom, we sell blue widgets. So going after those top of funnel question based searches, because that's how voice search works. And then, as I said, building brand equity. SEO is only going to get harder. So, you know, I'm seeing more and more people getting their head around a bit, more and more people getting into the game. There are only six spots-ish now. By the time you've got the ad, the local pack, you get about six organic spots left. Being in those top six spots is getting harder and harder. And you're having to go for longer and longer keyword phrases. And the way to conquer that is to really get insight into your customers, the questions they're asking. Not just this is Clive, he's 46, he drives a Land Rover, but this is Clive and this is what Clive searches for in the dark of the night when he wakes up at 5am and he can't get back to sleep because if you can help Clive in that moment, you have built a relationship. And when he needs you later down the track, you're going to be the first one that he remembers. And that's that whole relationship marketing thing ties in with that as well. Right. On that note of voice search, right? Is it really, a, especially for B2B, is it really a big thing? I just have a hard time seeing myself turning to Alexa, which is probably right now, as, as uh, alerted now. Listening. <laughs> and yeah, listening now and asking about a B2B problem or a B2B challenge. Is that in the B2B space, 
are we seeing as much growth in there or not really? Is it, is it picking up? At the moment, it's very much immediate problems. So, you know, where is the closest pizza parlor? It's very much personal problems. Why do I have a rash in my armpit? And it's very much simple questions, you know, and Google will only return a couple of results. You know, they say that Google is becoming less of a search engine and more of an answer engine. So, yeah, at the moment, not quite as relevant to B2B. You know, you're not going to say to Siri, hey, Siri, you know, how can I reconcile my CRO strategy for my integrate? You know, you're not going to do that, are you? But, you know, 10 years ago, we didn't even have voice search. Who knows? You know, the, this generation, my son doesn't type very much into Google at all. He asks everything via Google because it's quicker for him. So we have to think about the future audiences who, you know, using a keyboard is going to be maybe become a thing of the past. You know, we're just going to think thoughts and it's going to display on the screen. So I don't think it's something we all need to panic about. Nothing with Google. Google, although it seems like it changes all the time, is vaguely glacial in the way that it changes. So mobile friendliness was such a big thing. Everyone was going to be mobile friendly, but it's still rolling out. It's still happening. Security, it took a couple of years for security to really become a thing. And voice search, I just think it's something to start investigating and just talk to your Google. You can do this after the show. Talk to your Google and say, hey, who, who is Shannon Hoda? Who is he? you know, and see what results come back. Who is Kate Toon? Who is the best copywriter in Sydney? That's the one I always do at events. And it's mortifying because I'm always terrified that it won't answer me in the correct way. It's going to say Bob Smith. So far, it's been good. But just play with that, you know, see what results come back from voice search and understand that that's where it's going. Keyboards, I mean, they're so antiquated, you know, so be ahead of the game, I guess. Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. That that makes sense. That makes sense. I, I like that. I'll definitely try that after. Uh, yeah, after I want to know. Like, <laughs> who, is, the... who is Shaheen Hoda? He's Let's like, see what, sorry, what I can't find is. that result. He um, is a dancer on a cruise ship in the Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That would be that would be very interesting. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to test that out. But okay, before we wrap up, I'd love to know, you know, if, if somebody's interested in your course and they want to know more, what is the best way for them to find out? Well, I've got the perfect answer. You can Google my name, personal brand, Kate Toon. And, and hopefully that will bring back everything that I do, not just, I could give you the individual brand names. I could say Google SEO course, but thankfully I built up my personal brand, created a hub site. And from there you can jump off and explore all the various bits and bobs that I offer. Amazing. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. Hey, it's Alex again from X-Growth. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode. If you enjoyed it, we'd love it if you take a moment to rate us on Apple Podcasts. It would really help get the word out to other B2B professionals. If you're hungry for more B2B content, make sure to join our Slack channel at growthcolony.org forward slash Slack, where we share the latest B2B news tactics, tips, and chat about problems we're facing in the B2B space and find solutions together. That's growthcolony.org forward slash Slack. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you in the next episode.